recording. Yeah, we're recording. All right, cool. So, after our last experience, I've got now three rules of podcasts. Rule number one, put your phone on Do Not Disturb. Yeah, we had a phone call last time that made us re-record the whole thing. All right, rule number two, have a charger. Your phone dying on you is like an enemy of progress. Rule number three, turn your brightness all the way up. And yeah, take auto lock off your phone because... Yeah, you kind of have a mini heart attack when... It's still recorded. It's still recorded. This is good. Um, you kind of have a mini heart attack when your screen goes black. But Which it just did. Which it and just did. And you freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, cool. I still have worked out auto lock on my iPhone. Yes, I know you can Google it. Yes, it's not working. Please don't add comments. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, let's start. Um, I'm with Joe, as always. Hi, Joe. Hi, Kiel. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, let's not take a month to re-release these. Um, <laughs> sorry, people, I take. Sorry, avid followers. Yeah, so, sorry, our ten listeners. I think we had like thirteen listeners. Like, pretty good. Sorry, our thirteen listeners for taking so long to release it, but. Um, life. Yeah, that's uh, definitely your fault, but <laughs> I did offer. Hey, well, that emailed you and said, please, you know, what, let me stop. Let's stop. <laughs> let's actually really stop. Right, this time we're switching. Switching around, uh, I'm interviewing you, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I mean, let's start with the the kind of obvious one. Um, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> I mean, my role seems pretty simple. I'm a product designer. I design physical things, okay. which to me sounds really, really easy. To a lot of people, doesn't make sense. But you haven't given me a straight answer every time I've asked you. It's true, and I literally had to take time off to work that out. But I am a researcher. I am by... Yeah, that's my job. I am a researcher. And so what that entails is research, research management, strategy, and say project project management. So how to get something done, how to answer a question, and then like living that experience. That's kind of what I do. Okay, so describe like typical projects because you work with like big <laughs> clients on real top secret stuff that you're not allowed to share. So, I mean, maybe hypothetically. All right. What would so, you in, any, in any process, someone comes to me and Alex with a question. Alex is my business partner at Community and my friend. He's more my friend. Alex is, like, one of my best friends. Anyway, we, people come to us with a question, and usually they want to use technology or some form of digital product or service to address that question. And it's like, okay, how do we go about that? And so we literally take a deep dive into their world. We work out who's who, we work out what's what, and then we start critiquing and challenging like predetermined concepts. And that's where we start. And from there, we can get new ideas and new understandings and inform new things. And we, because we focus heavily on people as like users of technology and people as, but, and technology as, almost an abstraction of what you're trying a fundamental thing you're trying to do as a human like you start to we start to just really put stuff together where it's like not 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 your traditional answer but it still addresses your question and so our question questions are like how do we connect with our customers who are now all over the world it's like okay what do your customers actually look like what do they sound like? What do they think like? Okay, what technologies do they use on a day-to-day basis? What do they tap into? Okay, how about let's create a service that puts these two things together and let's build a bridge to facilitate them to do this. And as long as those things are aligned with the company goals, that really answers the question, how do we get in contact with our customers? And that's what they really want in the first place. 
and so it allows us to be really creative but experimental too. I mean, I think that's the probably the most clear answer you've ever given me. <laughs> so quite clearly, the week, the way that you've had working out what you do is just so that you can ask, answer my questions. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I was that that kind of stressed me out too. Like not knowing what you do and trying to get paid is the most stressful <laughs> thing in the world because you do everything and nothing. You've been practicing that pitch in front of the mirror, I can see. Yes, I have. Um, is it ever okay to assume that you know your user? If, you've, if your budget's low and you, you're working on a project, is it, is it okay to assume that, yeah, yeah, it's fine, I know my user? No, and if you're a fan that thinks you know your user, you're a liar. Like, even if you've been the user, for the minute you become a founder, you're not the user anymore. And so you have to spend, I believe you should spend time knowing your user. And on top of that, like, if you've got low budget, you need to spend double the time working out what that user is so you can get it right first time instead of faffing about and learning through trial and error. And I think that can only take time if you front load your project with user research or identifying who your user is or identifying their needs. That's all a part of the, that's all a part of the situation. And so if... Do you so if you have an idea, I mean we're talking coming back to like startups yeah. and, and thinking about um you know, entrepreneurs having an idea and being like, Yeah, this is it, I'm gonna take it forwards. Is it is research something that you're doing to validate that idea from the beginning or to say, Right, I'm putting this idea this is this is the post I'm sticking to and now I need to just kinda of work out where I'm pulling it or should you kind of just park that idea? do the research and find 10 more ideas? So research is a weird thing, right? It's, it can serve multiple different purposes. So you could be researching out of interest. You could be researching to answer a question. You could be researching to solve a problem. You could be researching for researching's sake. But when it comes down to, I have an idea, you want to be able to test that as soon as possible. And that says, that's everyone, that's, that's traditional startup advice. But the reason why you're testing that is to work out if it works or not. Because if it doesn't work, you know this doesn't work. And that was research. Research isn't always this horrible thing where you see, see someone sitting in a lab. The process of asking a question and actively seeking to find the answer or find a answer. I wouldn't even say the answer anymore because it's not about right or wrong. It's about kind of connecting. So to find an answer, I think that's the most important thing. And that action of questioning and looking and searching mm -hmm. is research. I think it's... Uh... You know, we talked about this briefly last time about people coming to us with ideas and then us kind of saying, well, have you, have you actually asked anyone or validated this idea? Have you talked to anyone about it? And they're like, well, yeah, I talked to my gran and I talked to my mum and I talked to my best friend and I talked to my business partner and my wife. And they all said it's a great idea. It's just like, kind of want to shoot yourself in the head. You know, it's just, that's... So, but the, technically they have carried out research. Yeah, so, just really bad research. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So... There's a couple rules when we try and do things. There's desk research where you kind of ask Google and you kind of see what comes up. And then there's like this active, I'm going to be a researcher research where you actually go and ask people that don't look like you what they think. Because if you have to understand their opinion is valid and you have to understand you can't lead them in the questioning either. You have to kind of let them freely go about giving you their response. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you have to work out why. And you have to choose your perspective and standpoint too. Because someone's giving you the response of, oh, I like it, but this, Y, and Z, and start listening to product features, that's not helpful for you. 
Mm. You kind of need to get your MVP out. So their product features, okay, scratch that. But I like this, then dig. Why do they like this? What does this facilitate them to do? For us, it's about connecting people with technology. So our, our thing is, what's the primal human thing that this technology is allowing you to do? What is this facilitating? Why is this valuable? Why is this useful? And so that's our digging point. And so you have to know your question and know your limitations and know what the question is designed to do what you're going to do with that answer because once you do that you've essentially built yourself a set of rules to live by and when you break those rules you know you've stepped too far or you know you've stepped outside the scope of research yeah i think that um like loaded questions are Are like (laughs) people's people can get whatever information they want whatever data they want to like back themselves up by asking loaded questions yeah like we did a project we're doing a project about um, you know the, the the relationship between smartphones and your mental health, and one of the questions that we have asked, which we did ask in a certain way, which probably was still overloaded, but it was very similar to like, do you think that your smartphone affects your mental health? Every single person is going to say yes to that question. So you could then turn around and say, a hundred percent of of people feel that their f- smartphones affecting their mental health, and See. suddenly it becomes like a reason to be bringing like developing a phone that see that's crazy because that question is nuts because everyone's got mental health yes and so like you to have to have a problem with mental health yeah you, have you to affect have, my mental health yeah that's the thing so, <laughs> uh, in a positive way guys don't me and your friends she, i've got the text message and receipts to prove it um but no that question should have been asked how do you feel when you're using your phone yeah that's a much more broader question, but that allows you to talk about someone's feelings because you're really interested in how the person feels. Yeah. And that's, that's how that question could have been asked. But a really good book for that is The Mum Test. Um, Izzy Marwick was in here. She used to run No Mayo, um, RIP. Um, they just decided to close. She's okay. She's okay. She didn't okay. die. She didn't die. No Mayo is no more. <laughs> <laughs> But Izzy Marwick told me, gave me, bought me a book, and it was the Mum Test, and I think that was the most coherent book to ever work out how to ask questions ever, and it's accessible. It was written really accessible, accessibly, and it was just like it's about seventy pages, eighty pages, half day, get through it. But that the way they ask questions, the way they taught you to ask questions, especially around early product and starting and developing to validate your idea to move forward quickest way because it's all research once you document it you've you've researched something and even if you didn't you've researched something because you now know it's just what do you want to do with that information what do you want that information to do for you i think um i guess one of the biggest barriers a lot of people face especially when a lot for a big company it makes more sense to do it makes a lot of sense to do research because there's a lot of writing on stuff it needs to it needs to be right whereas single person a founder is coming up with an idea kind of in love with that idea the thought of actually carrying out research to validate that always has the chance that it might give them a reason to to stop okay so it's and, and like it actually might it might be like oh i've done some research and everybody hates my idea um which sounds like a ridiculous because surely on paper you're like well if people don't like it don't put waste my time and money doing it <laughs> But I, people are scared about that because they've, you know, you, when you fall in love with something and you're like, you start working on it, to have people turn around and say, I don't like it, like, 
they, you have to switch on its head and think, okay, I'm fine doing this research not because I'm not, not to kind of necessarily get validation, but to find a way to improve my designs. Okay, so you have to understand that when it, when it comes down to that, like, I've been in that. I've been in that tunnel vision. Like, I'm, I refuse to ask certain questions because I already know the answer is going to be negative. But that's bad. You shouldn't do that. You should really ask that question to find out why and get to the bottom of it. But the point is, if you're building something for yourself, then that's absolutely fine. You can build something for yourself because you are the expert user. You like that you're the design persona, you are that person that you live by. And so that project, product or service will be perfect for you. But if you're building this for others, like you, you can't. <laughs> like there are not many people with I don't know hands struck by God to say you can you can see into someone else's mind and know what they want. You can't. The only way to do that is to talk to people, and that talking to people is research. And so as when you ask those questions and you ask those questions openly, because you want to find out what people really think, not just what you're trying to what you want them to say, then you start transitioning from like oh anyone can do research to oh i'm doing research and i'm doing quality research because i care what others think research is genuinely caring what others think or caring what the world has to say or caring what this thing actually is and actually spending time to find out what what that is and if you can't do that if you can't stomach that then it's mm. essentially don't build a product i or think build a product for yourself instead that's i think guess that's the one build a product for yourself instead the We've been tasked with like redesigning a product um, for, for the elderly at the moment and they're basing a lot of the, the redesigns on the kind of suggestions for the redesign on feedback they've had, yeah. you know, which is really you know, valid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets to the point where if you try and please every single person that you talk to by adding in all of the features and functions that everybody was going to want, so to so that there nobody has a reason to complain about it, trust me, it won't work because you end up with so much <laughs> going on that nobody understands what's going on, and so everybody complains about it. So I think that the the one that's really thing of the one one really useful thing that we found about research is um, actually if you know what someone doesn't like about the product, you you know it already. You're armed. You're pre mm-hmm. you you can preempt it, and actually you can kind of spin it in a way when you talk about the product that explains why perhaps it doesn't meet that mm-hmm. requirement or meet that why you've had to decide not to do that uh, so that you kind of someone can't be like oh well it doesn't do this you've actually already you already admitted to it you're mm-hmm. open about it yeah um are, being all right so that's there's two things in that um being open and just saying this is for someone is and then being open and then able to categorize why it's for someone and not someone else is the first step because you then debunk and offset any critique ever and so when I do when I do things I always put my considerations in when I make a proposal or a, me- a research method proposal I always put my considerations in and say I've considered x y and z and this is why this is like this because then you can communicate why what that is the second part though which is more interesting is that we use design personas so whenever we do a project, we spend a lot of time pinning down who this is for. And in, that, in, in doing that, we realize who it's not for. And when you have a product such as what you guys are doing with this clock, and it's like, okay, you may have different types of users. Once you get all the different design personas down, and they're pretty accurate, 
because you spend time with actual people to work out who they are and what they are and what the common threads, you can then layer those things and you can see what differentiates them by what are the common what are the common differences and similarities. And if you guys are developing for the widest market possible within those user personas, you're gonna then take the similarities. You're gonna take whatever signals came out of the research and the similarities and you're gonna say, okay, these are the key things that we need to design for. If we trip up, we've got tools to overcome these contradictions, but this is the kind of core principle we wanna go for and why. Mm. And you've got the justification and validation why, because it's not about, you know it's not about being right. You know it's about how many people can this connect with and how many people can this serve. And so when you can justify that, your research is done. Your research has now been used for an actionable purpose. Yeah. It's informed your execution of your idea. Yeah, well, I mean, we're in a lucky position that we have so much feedback and, and so, much, so much insights because the product is already on the market mm -hmm. and now they're looking to improve it. So that's, and you, you've got, but they had to get a product onto the market in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I guess that would be what you call an MVP. Um, the, I guess for us, I mean, one of the most useful things about potentially carrying out research is helping you decide, and I hate the word MVP because you know the MVP is dead, but um, how, how, what, what are the kind of core things that you need to include in a product to make at least one target user group really, really happy with that? In terms, right, sorry, ask the question again. What is the one key thing? As in, so do you think, I mean, I think that research is vital for helping you establish mm -hmm when you start to put those personas over the top of each other mm -hmm. and work out like what those common common denominators are what the similarities are they will then help you determine what this kind of minimal product that you can get on the market is mm -hmm. that will really please those those mm -hmm. users um and do you think that that like is the best way to determine like what the scope of your product is that's the best way to determine scope yeah but you have to start yeah. We have to get, like, research is to inform you. You still have to start and do something. And so don't, what I always do is, the reason why I'm partnered with Alex is what it works so well is because I can happily get caught up in the deepest, darkest niche of a subject and it'd be useless. And so understanding that you actually have to start is one of the key, one of the things that make research worth its time. Because if you sit there researching, 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 but do nothing with the information, you've then, like, what the hell? But if you actually then take that and say, all right, cool, at least I'm educated a little bit more, more than what I was, so I can make some informed decisions about this. You're never going to know everything about a subject. That's fine. You're never, you're, there's going to be a lot of things you don't know. That's fine. It's the fact that you've got the curiosity to find out and the curiosity to ask a question. Once you're brave enough to ask a question, you are then in so much of a better position. And it's always about, researching is about putting yourself in a better position and preparing yourself so that when you do make that step into creating, when you do make that MVP, when you do make that product, you can say at least, all right, cool, this is what it is, and critique it through it. To, not everyone's gonna like your product, that's how life is. Not everyone's going to like what you do, or what you are, whatever. But when you can say, when you can solidly put something out and know in your heart that is valid because yeah that feels good number one and number two when anyone starts chatting crap about your product say no no i did think about that and this is my solution around it and you can humbly answer their question and if they throw up something that you never thought about in the first place you can say ah oh, that might be an area of exploration it's never yeah. a loss and it's it's just a lesson and research is all full of lessons when do you 
stop calling it research and start calling it testing? Um, never. <laughs> um, I come from a biology background, so where experiments and testing is part of a research existence. Okay. Um, I guess when you stop looking for answers, um, when it's not when it when when it stops being testing into a product is when you stop looking to find answers from that particular thing at, at that moment in time because research is only a snapshot research unless you're researching a scientific principle and in design design research mm -hmm. um i've currently found in my experience that it's a snapshot of what the world looks like right now or it's a snapshot of what this experience is right now with this technology or with this thing that you're using or product that you're using and so with snapshots snapshots change over time yeah and so it's an ongoing thing um, and you have to understand that and have to be able, willing to relook at that at a different time yeah. with a completely different lens. So I guess with, with, with testing, you're really looking for specific answers. Yes, well, with testing, you're looking for hyper-specific hyper things. I'm looking how, if I'm doing testing, I want to know how you use that clock. Can you use the clock? Can I use this as an example? Yeah. Um, for testing, I want to know how you use that clock. I want to know why you use that clock. I know that I've developed something a bit, not risque, but a different. So the UX, UI, user interaction, user interface, um, user experiences. I want to test that. I want to A, B test that maybe because I want to see what's best, um, how people, what people gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. I want to look at that and I want to look at that under certain parameters to say that, okay, at least I know these questions are this. And so if anyone wants those specifics on those things, I know. Yeah. But, Remember, research is a means to an end. Like, uh, for me, I know my job is a means to an end. I know that I am, I am here to inform the rest of my team as a researcher who are engineers and designers. I know my job is to inform them and so that they can go on and design comfortably and say, oh, the reason why I'm doing this is this. It's not, it's not, I'm trying to take as much guesswork out of the process as possible. Yeah. Like, you are making it up as you go along. Like... I make studies up every day. I do. That's my job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird to say it's my job to make things up, but I make things up. And I pull pieces from here, and I pull pieces from here, and I reference, and I look around. And I say, all right, cool. If you put these things together, maybe you'll have to find out this answer. And that's yeah. the truth. That is re that's your study design. So don't ever think you need to have great uh, no, knowledge of anything. Just be curious and try. That's about it. We're, as, we, as I touched on briefly, like, Last time we're in the process of, of rewriting our, our kind of design process um, mm. and helping to kind of write that out better. And one of the key things in our design process is validation. Um, and to start with, that starts out as research and then it starts out as kind of research with. Um, so, for example, when we get down to the to designing stage, bringing in the suppliers on earlier rather than later and actually getting the, them to answer the questions so we can work out materials and manufacturing processes and build them into the design and actually inspire the design. Um, so, yeah, it's all about validation. Um, but there's a sliding scale on all of these things. Yeah, of course. In that, uh, like you say, you can, get, you can do research forever and ever and ever and it's just... You know, you mm. can keep going and it's going to take you a lot of time and a lot of money. But if you don't do any research at all, you're going to have a lot of stumbling blocks along the way where you okay. have to redo the design. So is there a kind of magic number or is it's it... Not, it's not a magic number. It's when you, right, you start research with a question or you start research for a reason. And so you have to understand what that reason is, right? If that reason is to inform a design, you know it's to inform a design. And you know what you need to really... And, as a, and when you go to speak to a designer, you ask them what's their shopping list. What do they really need? What are the key questions they need answering? 
And you go and do that. And if you find something along the way that might be interesting and you think it's helpful, you add that in. But you're essentially going to pick stuff off the rack, which is, or you're going to ask questions to find out to, f- f- to fulfill that brief. And when you know that, then you stop yourself from getting that collaborate that collaborative yeah. interaction stops you from getting into. I really wish that our clients came to us and asked us what information we need and then did their research. <laughs> Honestly, like we we started a project the other day. We they they gave us about about thirty ten plus page documents of research that they had done with with like all of these yeah, all the competitor and and it was just like so much that it was useless. <laughs> yeah. Because they, there was nothing specific anymore. They'd given us they'd you know, there's all about setting the context and there's just telling us everything that's happening in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's not it's not helpful at all. And we have to then distill down and, and actually if they'd have said, Right, we want to do this project, what what would be useful for you? We could have set those parameters for the research and saved them a lot of time, I think. But yeah, like that, that I think I've learned that through different projects. I don't think I learned that from kind of research per se, I've learned that from um, watching Alex do product or watching Alex, when we used to like in the very beginning we used to coding websites so like hey, this is what we need from you. To, act, to do this job, this is what we need from you. The same thing. To find this information, this is what I need from you. I need to know what you actually need to know and why. And once I can facilitate that, my job's done. Take off. I'm moving on to the next project. Because as super interesting as that is, if I stay there, I become useless. Yeah. Um, for the last thing, I, I think, for you guys, though, is when it comes down to it, and when it comes down to designing a product, Go and you're going through your processes. Look for where you've got friction points, or those after the first draft you got stuck, or after the first draft you got stuck and you've now got a problem, you don't know how to address the problem, or it fits and it just doesn't fit right. Go back to your research questions and say, okay, this is that this is a gap piece, researcher, mm-hmm. go find out, please. And so you can inform be make an informed decision. Sometimes you have to do it yourself and sometimes you just have to get creative and sometimes it just comes to you as a bright spark as a solution but researchers job is to inform and if we can inform you to make better decisions then we've done our job we've done our piece of the puzzle if that makes any sense and how you go about research is the minute you've asked a question the minute you've gone to look up an answer you've done research how you do good research is by looking at it from the most critical point of view like think of your anti-self who hates you yeah who wants to break your idea, who wants to throw it, chew it up and spit it out, who wants to make you feel like crap, and stand from that position and try and break your idea. Yeah. Stand from that position and try and poke holes in it. Stand from that position and try and, like, genuinely disprove yourself. But, I mean, this is if you're preparing for a debate. Yeah, so You like, have to think about what all the reasons someone's going to dislike your idea because someone is going to think of the thing. And if, there's, and if you can't resolve something, that's fine. Just write, if you get tired and he's like, I can't resolve this, but this was a minor thing anyway, yeah. put that into consideration because someone's still going to pick up on it. But the fact that you've written that down is, means that you've considered it. Yeah, you can't please everyone, but you're not designed to. But no product is designed for every single person. Apart from chairs. <laughs> no. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I mean, I like to see you get in a baby's high chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how you do it. And once you take that position, take that stance, yeah. and you've taken both. Ah, oh, this idea is really cool. Ah, oh, these are the questions I wanted to answer. Ah, oh, these are my answers. Versus, ah, oh, let me pick holes in the answer. Let me try break this. Mm-hmm. Let me. You've got a good research piece. I can guarantee you, you've had a good research piece. 
and that's just that's that's research if you've actually made energy to go out and ask more than 10 people oh you've got great research because from 10 people you can start seeing the pattern or a trend if you went up to like 60 people you get you you basically earn yourself a phd because <laughs> i was reading i was reading the paper it's like how many interviews is enough and it's about 60 and so yeah like yeah. that's that's kind of how you go about it and if you want to validate yourself ask the right question vanity like do not use a researcher to answer vanity questions because they'll look at you and say no i just i think that's important to just say but yeah that's basically it that's yeah, I think I think research is is uh, more about like you say more about people and working out what people think about things and whether you can and finding out the kind of insights that will really help you build an amazing product. And it's not just like you say, like sitting on Google and looking at all your competitors and finding a gap in the market because there might be a gap in the market there for a reason and that <laughs> nobody wants the product that fits in that gap. I mean, the number of times you have to say that, that it might be the reason that no one's this product's not out there is because nobody wants it. Oh, let's not talk about nobody wanting stuff. I've I spent a, quite a couple of days at a conference recently and I saw some amazing stuff, but I also saw stuff and I was like, why are we going in this direction? And I can't answer that still. <laughs> but no, when it comes down to research, use it for a purpose don't just use it for like oh I've done research just as a tip box make it actually actionable and useful for you so it's of value um, that's I think that's the key thing and once once it has a purpose it starts become it starts becoming more useful I've genuinely want research I, like, similar to the way design was, is, being, is being brought back into business processes I want research to be brought back into certain processes because it just stops this fail fast, fail often, fail stupid approach, which a lot of startups are going through because they're rather, they, instead of actually sitting down looking at what they're doing, they'd rather go through trial and error. And yeah. I think that's very costly and very expensive. And I just think we don't need to live that reality. Wicked. Is there any more? Are I think done? so. I think we should wrap it up there. And uh, I think that this leads very well onto the something we should talk about next time, which is um, how to take those kind of research insights and build quick and test, validate. Uh, that'll be a challenge for both of us because I usually hand off, like, every, uh, me, me and Alex got hand off points. So Alex will have a question. Alex does, is head of creative technology at Community. And so for me, he's my builder of things. I'm the, I, we, we both sit down and think things through. I'll do the research, he'll come back and critique, and then that's my hand off point for him to go and build. And so, I think for me and you to actually actually draw it out maybe and see how that process cycle works to do this quickly might be interesting. All right, let's try. All right. Thanks. Speak to you next time. Bye.